everybody, welcome to Third Coast Gaming Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Travis. It is January 3rd, 2021. I'm joined by my co-host, Austin Taylor. We made it. Ah, we did it. Uh, we made it through the holidays. Uh, we, we both worked. One of us was disappointed by our work. It, it might have been both of us, actually. It's mostly me. Don't deliver pizzas. It's so, it'll destroy your body. Um, how's your Christmas? What'd you do, Austin? What's up? Uh, you know, we had a, a pretty small Christmas, all things considered, you know, certain events transpired during the last year to, uh, pretty much keep us with a small Christmas this year, but it was nice. Yeah. I, I remember you said you were like, oh yeah, I'm working on this thing we're supposed to be doing. So, uh, whatever you guys. Uh, I started Mandalorian for Christmas. I just I skipped season one. I just I watched the first like episodes of season two with the family, so that was pretty fun. Yeah, I mean you can definitely like skip season one. There's some there's some things in that first season that I think are good, but I think by the time you get into the second season, it actually has a story that it's trying to like that's propelling it forward. Yeah, and they definitely explain some. Most of the stuff I, they don't explain anything actually, but there's like a recap. I got to like where they met Ahsoka, and I was like, ah, Ahsoka's really good. Can't wait for the live action Ahsoka. So, uh, who plays her? She was just on my mind the other day. Rosario Dawson. Uh, she's so good in Daredevil. Yeah, I mean, when they give her material in that show, she's pretty good. Yeah, when she's actually doing stuff and not like, oh, I'm just here for like five minutes of this episode hanging out you know i'm here to like kind of sort of be uh matt murdoch's romantic interest but also not yeah i like it when she's more like a voice of reason for the the characters i think that works a little more than the romantic interest stuff i'm trying to think what else i did a lot of video games of course we'll get to that (laughs) um uh, trying to think did you do what? How about New Year's? Did you, uh. I, um. Do anything cool? Not really. No. We sort of we stayed home while the neighbors sent off fireworks in the ditch next to our house. Oh, nice. Um, and we had to try to calm the dogs down while we were watching Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. I heard Wonder Woman is, uh, the Spider Man 3 of DC movies. Speaking I. Of, uh... I mean, it's not nearly as fun. Oh. Not nearly. No, I I was watching a review of it, and it's just it sounds like uh, there's two different plots going on at the same time in that movie, and then other stuff. I mean, there's definitely entirely too much happening in that movie. Yeah, it is quite frankly astonishing, like how bad so much of what they do in that movie is. Yeah, I've uh, I I hear Wonder Woman not as cool of a character as she was in the first movie, not as strong of a female protagonist. But this isn't the Wonder Woman podcast. Well, well, Getting into the nooks and crannies. Well, hang on. Probably because it's a movie about like where the woman behind the worst uh, thought out like internet event of the last year is telling everyone that they should be okay with what they have and not wish for a better life. 
What's the worst thought out internet event? Well, like, you know, Gal Gadot's, like, Imagine video. Oh, I never watched it. Oh, it's, I mean, it's terrible. Like, oh. it's her and enough, like, it was, it's the thing that came out, like, when uh, COVID started hitting the U.S. And it was a number of celebrities, including her, um, singing John Lennon's Imagine. I mean, that's a thing people do, I guess. People are bored in their house, so. Whatever. Yeah, but it was like this, it was hit with this sense of, like, like, be like we should be grateful for like where we are and it's a really weird thing to oh yeah for like i'm grateful that i get paid a lot of money for a job that um i worked really hard to get i don't know that's a weird get from that's a weird get from celebrities but it's a really weird whatever and I, i hear the um so patty jenkins is the director and i hear she wrote this i i'm she had like some underwriters so i don't know how much of this was her maybe some other stuff? Because I know, like, so in Spider-Man Three, Sam Raimi was like, "Ah, oh, I just want one villain," and the studio was like, "No, nah, you should put two in there. What if you had Venom in there along with Sandman?" So, who knows if that happened? I heard Cheetah is like weird. Wishing Rock. I don't. I don't want to talk about what fuck one. <laughs> I don't care. I watched a. Uh, what did I watch instead of Wonder Woman? I'm trying. To, we watched Mandalorian, which was totally more fun than. What it sounds like <laughs> Wonder Woman was. I mean, it was. Like, and Die Hard. Definitely is. Yeah, Die Hard. Die Hard ain't bad. Yeah. Hans Gruber. Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. Um, did we watch White Christmas, too, which is fine. It's a fun musical. All right. Hey. Um, do I get into these news? We got some news. Did news happen? Did video games happen? Yeah, some video games happened. We've been gone for two weeks. Um, last we checked on Cyberpunk, is they were like, yeah, we're going to give people refunds. And then, as of like, I don't know, it was around like, was it the 14th or the 17th that Sony delisted? Yeah, yeah so it was around the 17th. Um, and it should be noted, like, when they first talked about refunds, it was specifically CD Projekt saying, like, um, if you bought it on a console, you can ask for a refund, but they have no way of fulfilling it. Like, themselves. They can't fulfill it themselves. It's, it was completely up to the console uh, yeah. manufacturers, like, terms of service policies. And the retailers uh, and stuff. So I know, like, so the the major stories I was hearing was GameStop was giving refunds, even if you've opened it. Um, Microsoft was doing refunds for a little bit longer, and then Sony just pulled it, which is kind of an interesting thing, because this isn't something that's happened a lot. We've had, like, what I would call unfinished games, but nothing to the degree of, like... Because this didn't run too well on the base consoles, and I think that's where the majority of this is coming from. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Where like, like okay, so Anthem for example, that game, you beat that game, and that game didn't have an end game, but that's all like people weren't asking for refunds from that. But yeah. on the same level, it's like Fallout Four when it released was buggy enough. Do you think at like if Bethesda puts out a game that's 
buggy to hell do you think this will be something that happens or is this just like a storm of things that kind of came together i i think it's like it's a lot of things right like we can say that uh like bethesda puts out games that are like are also very buggy but there's they're not nearly this buggy like i played like fallout 4 on on my base ps4 back when i had that and like mm-hmm. it crashed yeah but like there's never a point in time where i couldn't make progress in the game um you know but and we it, talk about anthem not having an end game anthem still ran right like anthem ran sometimes. well for the most part this is like a game where if you go into like the garage that the player character has that is a part of like their apartment complex the game will probably crash because nothing in that area loads did you experience a lot you you said you ended up i think you said 40 hours maybe more i am at the point i am in the end game clock has told me that i've spent 60 hours in cyberpunk a lot of crashes a pretty good amount yeah and (laughs) And a lot of like glitches that obscure my ability to like move forward, whether okay. it be like progress in quests or just not being able to like clearly see what's going on. That sounds a little worse than Anthem because Anth- Anthem did have a couple things. It, it would it would um, hard crash PS4s to like the blue screen when you're trying to load in areas, and I remember like the social hub area would just like I would go in there and it would just like stop. But it didn't, like, on a technical level, it didn't look like it was, like, could not run. Because, like, this game looks like it's optimized for next-gen consoles, but they're they're basically making it for three SKUs of each end of the console, of each console. Like, the base, the pro, the new series for each set. Let's see what else. So Sony delisted it. Um, and it it should be noted that like the reason given for the like for the delisting was to enable refunds because they cannot refund like a game that works and it's not a game that works so they needed to pull it off their store because their terms of service do not allow them to sell a game that is broken on their store. yeah and I know Sony has the um the most like difficult like process of getting a refund i know it's a lot it's a lot easier on steam i think steams is it's like within the first 48 hours and if you've played less than six hours you can return it yeah and sony does not want you to return games sony wants you to get the games and just keep it so this is like a like basically people what i've been hearing is people have one like return per like profile account from like what i've heard from like giant bomb a little bit when they've talked about it yeah. And then I guess after that, this was something that was coming out from the 26th from The Verge is that some vest- investors were getting together, or a investor was suing CD Projekt Red over the launch. Because I guess, you know, the plaintiff was Andrew Tramp, and it's looking to include other investors because they, you know, yeah, thought so the claim was incomplete. Yeah, well, this is more than, like, suing because, like, Tramp thinks the game was incomplete. Like, to Tramp, um, 
he was, we should probably just say Andrew. Um, mm-hmm. From Andrew's perspective, like the actions taken by CD Projekt as it uh, refers to, um, as it refers to like their duty to investors that they did not follow through. Like they did not say, they did not accurately report to investors uh, how, like how Cyberpunk was performing, uh, what like the, and what like they could expect from the game's release. So like to, from Tram's perspective, I need to say Andrew, from Andrew's perspective, um, he believes that this has caused like significant financial harm to himself and other investors, as well as just a loss of trust within the company. So he's currently trying to get more of the investors to agree to support like this case so it can become a class action lawsuit. Yeah, and I think at this point, like another story from The Verge is coming out is that from December 10th to December 20th, they had about 13 million copies sold, and that included some of the digital and physical returns. I don't think that's gotten to all of them. I think that there might have been more after. But that's that's about in the range of what Monster Hunter World was selling, maybe and it World's first two years. So I don't know. I think there's like a storm right now, and people are trying to get on to it uh, so okay so you beat the game do you i've not finished the game okay so you haven't finished the game but you've put a lot of hours into it do you think this is like worth someone's time or do you have like a personal like investment in it that kind of wanted you to stick through it i mean you you got it as a present but like if you were if this is something you actually bought how would you feel differently if like if if i like as as in regards to like what would I be like more down on the game or would I be like more interested in like getting my money back? Yeah, like how do you feel at at this point about the game? Is it is it worth was it worth like to buy as like a full price game? I mean, I don't I like again like yeah, so like we spoke about this, like we just said, like I received it as a gift. I don't know if like I could advise anyone to like pay for and buy this game. You know, like I don't know if that's like if that's anything i would say like i think it's a fine game like at best mm-hmm. i like i've not had as bad like a technical experience as i know a lot of people have uh and that could be in part because i'm using a a pro or i'm just getting very lucky but like i mean as someone who has been wanting like an okay fallout game for a while like this is very much scratching that itch for me so, like, that's why I'm fine, like, putting the amount of time I have into it. And that's why I'll probably, like, once I do finish the game, I imagine I'll put more time into it afterwards. Uh, because, like, when this game hits, it hits real good. Yeah. Is that, like, the storytelling or the gameplay or the types of missions you're going on? It's it's a bit of both. Like, once you get into the game proper, like, there's some interesting flavor with missions. It's, like, everything is, like, loose enough within its structure that you can really it's very easy to like slip into uh playing this game in the same way that you would play like a dishonored right like that kind of like stealth immersive sim type deal but without like a lot of the hand reading that comes with that genre and like then the storytelling can also become like really good when it's not like um dealing with uh subjects like uh the the voodoo boys and the valentinos 
and uh, just isn't being like horribly racist in the way that that game is. Yeah, because this game, you know, it deals with it's like a urban metropolitan area that is very complex and it's like should be more complex, but it's, you know, it's like a it's like underwealth areas where gangs pop up in certain areas and they are from what I presume very bad stereotypes of gang members or like gang culture. Pretty much like um, they did. They did work to make like the Valentinos suck a little less um, because within like 2020, because the Valentinos are originally a gang. Cyberpunk 2020, um, they are a, a poser gang, which is a gang that is about like an image, a cult about cultivating an image and aesthetic more than anything else. And their purpose is to um, basically bone down with like the most beautiful women in Night City. Nice. And dream come gets, true, you know. Yeah, and that gets into like a lot of um like racist rhetoric about like uh white replacement, right? Which is a, a talking point for like white nationalists within America. Uh but within like twenty seventy seven their whole thing is like they're pretty into like Central American and Latinx culture. Like that's kind of all that they ever touch on with them. Okay. Uh, let's see what I we'll get into it more when we're in our uh, games cast uh, impressions. But um, you know I I bought it. I knew it was buggy. I was like, ah, oh, you know they'll probably patch it later. Um, gonna get a Series S at some point. But I think I think a lot of the stuff that's come out on the internet, it's like. As a consumer, you're responsible for your own purchases. Like, there are, I mean, there's there's a lot of newer gamers out there. But of the people who are a lot older, maybe more of the outrage is from them. It's like, they, games come out sometimes and don't run very well and are broken. And usually, you know, the, the biggest thing is most people tell others and like shopping is like don't pre-order games like companies will give you pre give previews for stuff in the best state that they can be most of the previews for cyberpunk was like ps4 pro or just on like a really high-end pc i think most of the coverage stuff was on pcs because like All cd project red before the witcher 3 was like mostly a pc games company and that's they where their time went yeah and they still are yeah, but to like put any of like this on consumers, I think is is like a little irresponsible because like they had like consumers had no way of knowing how this game ran on consoles until like well after it's the day of release. Yeah, that's true. I I think it's both. I think there's like a push towards like, hey, CG Project Red should have actually been honest about how this was running on these previous gen stuff. And on the other side, it's like, you know, it's like, hey, this is my most anticipated game of the year. But it's like, you know, I just, a lot of people should wait for reviews to come out for stuff. Like, that's, yeah. that's why. I don't know. It's like a, it's a little bit of back and forth, you know. But they're, they're also people who are, like, getting this game as a gift. Like, how did people who are getting this for Christmas, it's like, you know oh, I should have left the receipt with you so you could return it, you know? Like, I don't know. It's like a... 
it's a bad time. And they, I, you know, CD Projekt Red wanted to meet their like Q4 holiday season. They wanted it. It's been in development for we were saying like eight years. Eight years, probably a lot more of the development was after the Witcher Three releases when they were shifting, and they wanted to get this out the door, and it it shows. But I'm 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 glad you're having fun with it. You know, I think I want to dip into it a little more. I've I ended up playing a lot of Final Fantasy VII remake instead. That's right. I mean, play yeah. games that works. Yeah, it's cool. I don't. I um. I'm curious to see what's going, what's going to happen going forward. Because I know they pushed the uh, the DLC that was originally going to come out in 2021 at some point. That you know, I think they're working to make this run better, and then to have those the next generation console versions. Because like, I I posed the question in our like chat is like, is this show how hard it is to develop games for previous gen and next gen at the same time? Or do you think there's something else there? I mean, the thing is, is we've always known, right? We've always known it's a complicated thing to do. Like, like when, like when Dragon Age Inquisition came out, like at the in 2014, and we just like got in the PS4 and Xbox One, and but they still wanted to do a 360 and PS3 version of that game. Like, those are very fundamentally different experiences. And, like, so we've always known that making last-gen versions of, like, games that require, that, like, can really benefit from current-gen hardware is a very complicated thing. I think perhaps we overestimated the ability of a company like CD Projekt to, like, properly, um, let's see, like, rise to that, like, sort of challenge. Because this is, like, a company that has made three games like three big games in this way and like the first two are like huge like euro jank rpgs right and one of them is still like an incredibly and like the most popular one the witcher 3 is still an incredibly buggy mess yeah and um what they would have okay so they probably you know of the eight years is probably i would call it like six is the majority of the development they probably got the builds for the new consoles what two years ago maybe if if that that would be generous yeah yeah so i'm sh- it's, it seems like a lot of the work of the last two three years was putting more stuff in the game to make it run better on like like it runs very well on the pcs from right here and it, i mean it's it crashes but I'm, i mean it runs better than like a base xbox which those got no love at all I don't know. So that's cyberpunk. Um, do you want to get into these 2021 things or do you want to, did you have like a, a closing thought for cyberpunk? No, I think like I, if I have like any thoughts, like a capital T thoughts about cyberpunk, we can get into them during the gaming section. I just, I don't have anything else to really say about like the news of cyberpunk other than I was quite surprised at how much this dominated the, uh, like the December, news cycle yeah it's definitely out there all right so let's start with the indies um i'll start from the top i I got a it's a polygon article the 21 indie video games to look forward to in 2021 by nicole carpenter if anyone wants to follow along 
Um, yo, Raptor Boyfriend, though. Are you ready for Raptor Boyfriend? I I don't think I am. Uh, he's rad and he skateboards and you get to hang out with, um, looks like a dating sim. Because I think that was their previous, they had a, um, it was a, oh, I forgot the name of it. It was like a, um, what are they called? Digital comics that are like video game form? Visual novels? Oh yeah, a visual novel. Yeah, that's the word. I'm, my brain is sludge. Don't at me. <laughs> um, this is like a team of three who work on visual novels. I like the art style of this. I don't know if you're looking at any of the... Tr- but... This Velociraptor looks like um, that picture of the meme that's just like... Ah, uh, yeah, what up, my fellow teens? Yeah, like this like this Velociraptor has some real... Um, it's not Stanley Tucci, it's the other one. Yeah, I just have to look at Steve Buscemi. Yeah, th- he's got big Steve Buscemi bo- vibes from 30 Rock. Yeah. And he's got a letterman and his hat's backwards and he skateboards. What up, homie? That's pretty funny. And Bigfoot's there, too. Yeah, it's like you have one of... It looks like it's... Yeah, it's a dating sim focused around Robert, the dino, boyfriend, Taylor, the Bigfoot, and Day, who is a fairy. Yeah. It looks looks cool. I like the art style. It's funny. It's funny looking. Yeah, it seems like it seems cute enough. I don't know if I'll like jump into it unless I hear some really like rad things about it. But see, yeah, what else on here? There's a Saturnalia, which is coming to Epic's Game Store, and it takes place in Italy in 1989, and it's like a uh, first person, it's third person horror game. Wow, cool art style. It's like kind of got that um, like cross hatching on the characters. Very stylized, like, um, looks kind of Lovecraftian in a sense. It's like the areas you're running around in, like, long hallways, lots of staircases, kind of cell shaded looking. Mm, spooky. I don't know if I'll spooky. do it. Uh, she Dreams yeah. Elsewhere. Yeah, this looks like She Dreams Elsewhere. Looks like a sort of like trying to ape on like a Game Boy jrpg like the first game boy not even not the game boy advance just damn looks cool um so uh the other one we have here is uh goodbye volcano high that's um canadian developer k-o-o-p yeah yeah like this is i remember the trailer like the playstation 5 debut event which is Real strange that it made into that showcase, but you know, yeah, this looks, is the one. Oh, sorry, go for it. I mean, it looks fine. It looks like it's really it's aping on like, uh, like a sort of a wistful, like sad, nostalgic teen vibe. Yeah, uh, with dinosaurs though. Yeah, but now with dinosaurs, and also yeah. the world's gonna end at the end of the game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is what they're heavily implying because the meteor is in the logo it's true that's why goodbye volcano high uh what's the it's just dinosaurs it's a dino it's the sequel to dinosaurs we've all been looking for or takes place at the same time as dinosaurs because the meteor hits at the end of dinosaurs spoilers they're they all edgy teens the movie dinosaurs no the tv show dinosaurs i have no idea oh 
No, they all die because of global warming at the end of Dinosaurs. Like, they... The whole thing at the end of Dinosaurs is that they, like, look for... I believe it's oil, like, too hard. And they end up completely covering the planet in a blizzard that kills the dinosaurs. Huh. I always thought it was a meteor. I never watched the actual ending. I just remember people talking about it. Yeah, it's very much... Like, the ending of that show is very much like a... uh, Like, hey, we are killing our planet by... Like oh, just yeah. harvesting its natural resources at a rate that we cannot sustain. This is also true. Um, it's dope. Yeah. Here's very a the, very dark. Uh, here's another one from the PS5 launch event. Was uh, I think season was in there from Scavenger Studios, where you're just it's kind of like an open world game where you're documenting animals and um, nature. They didn't really show. Yeah. They showed some gameplay, right? Yeah, you're on the bike. Yeah, like we talked about this, like when it debuted at the Game Awards, and this was. I think we we said that we got like some Gravity Rush vibes off of like the look and feel, and like I I see it, but it's also just it's just different enough because yeah. it's not like you're floating people around and everything, but it's very like watercolored in that way. Yeah, this uh, I. This is what I'm looking forward to a lot. I just, I love the open world, like, walking around, taking in the vibes. Taking in the vibes. How about nuts? Oh, this game's about watching squirrels. Damn. Dude, open up the trailer for nuts. It's a whole thing. It looks like, um, did you ever play that free Epic Game Store Sludge Life? No. It's kind of like it's kind of colorful, like Sludge Life, except like everything's like um, hyper colored. Like all the backgrounds of it are like pink, and like or this other area is like it's all teal and there's a little bit of yellow, or one of them's all pink and there's a little bit of orange. This is cool. I I think I'm gonna save this. <laughs> I'm into the this art style. Mm-mm. PSP's it, got the nut, you know? That's all nuts, I'm saying. An adventure in squirrel surveillance. Yeah. Uh, right. Turnip Boy is on here. Oh my god. What's turn? It's a Switch game. Oh, this looks also hearkening on the G- Game Boy stuff, but it looks like a Game Boy Advance game. Gotta pay your taxes, apparently. Going on up. Uh, yeah, this, this looks like a Legend of Zelda type. Swinging your sword, and it's probably a flat. This looks like a flash game too, but it's prettier. Cool. Chinatown Detective Agency. Yeah, and this looks like it's sort of like a. I want to say like point and click, not in with like a similar interface to like Snatcher, except instead of like being in the first person camera it is like a like an area cam associated with like older point and click adventures yeah kind of like um tentacle how was the tentacle one called day of the tentacle day of the tentacle yeah uh, almost um let's see skatebird i'm pretty into skatebird uh these birds are skateboarding austin oh my god <laughs> 
it just it just looks like a Tony Hawk game except you're a bird and everything's really small. And you're just hanging out getting your combo up, Austin. I'm uh, a skateboard. Yeah. I'm sure people who are into Tony Hawk will enjoy this, maybe. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't know what people who are into Tony Hawk like. Um Skatebird. They like Skatebird. I, I like some Tony Hawk. I haven't played a I played skate a little bit, but I couldn't get into it, but you know. I wonder what the music's like in this. Uh it's just like chill lo fi. Yeah. Yeah. Chill lo fi beats to Ollie too. Facts. I if I was doing episode titles, that would be it. Uh there nothing else in this list from Polygon was really getting at me. Do you know any of these other games? Anything stand out from that? Tunche looks okay. Looks hand drawn. Yeah. I of like what I've seen in this list, I would say like Maquette, I believe is me pronouncing that to the best of my horrid ability, uh, which is a game from Annapurna Interactive Mm -hmm. who, like, have just been publishing bangers for the past, like, three years at this point. Were they Gone Um, Home? uh, I don't don't think they... Annapurna did Gone Home. They did uh, did Kentucky Red Zero. They've done... They published uh, The Outer Wilds uh, for If Found... This looks interesting. Uh, it looks like you're moving stuff. It's like a bunch of puzzle. Like this one puzzle is you're moving stuff on a smaller scale, and then it ends up something you can interact with. Like it's a big city, and you're moving a block down, and then you the block moves in your own world too. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it seems really interesting. And this is being developed by a studio called Graceful Decay. But not I don't have any real details on the studio though. Yeah. Alright, let's go to the let's go to this this triple A segment stuff. Ooh, the big boys. The big ones. Um the, the first one that's coming money. out for twenty twenty one is January twentieth is Hitman three. And I remember they were saying that the Hitman 2 and the Hitman 1 levels are coming over to this as well. Yeah. If you own it. Yep. Yeah. I didn't play Hitman 1 and 2 at all, and I feel really bad about it. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. I'm lazy. They're really fantastic video games. Yeah. I Maybe I'll play this one. Maybe I'll play the 007 game. I I don't know every everything I see from Hitman Three is just uh, looks, yeah it looks fantastic the VR mode too sure that that's also a thing that they can do I guess <laughs> there's uh the medium is coming out after that um I don't remember anything about this game I don't actually know anything about the medium um, all I know is the trailer for it looked terrible yeah there's like a there's like a baby being born a baby inside of her mother and then it goes over to her crying and like outside of a church and just yeah it looks like you're exploring some sort of sanitarium oh yeah between like a light and dark world and they're both equally horrifying yeah it looks like a a less 
Nice Evil Within. I don't know. I just yeah. get some Evil Within. I um, mean, it's gonna be on Xbox Game Pass. Oh, cool! Hey, so for people there, um, Outriders from People Can Fly, who are an old Gears of War developer. Um, this is like the Gears of War slash Destiny thing. Yeah, it's like a team based, like three person team, uh, like Schluter. Schluter specific. People, yeah, where people are running around, and they seem to have like some pretty wacky powers. Yeah, it's colorful. Yeah, yeah, it looks fun enough. There's like a, I know Game Informer did like a month of coverage, and it seems, it seems fun enough. I will probably end up putting time into it because, like, I don't know if it's half as good as like Revenant, uh, from the from the ashes. Like, yeah, they've got me. Yeah, and this is a um. I think the the tagline from one of the trailers was "Cover is for cowards." Austin, don't know if you knew that. I mean, they're not wrong. Gears of War confirmed cowards. They're just yeah. hiding behind cover. Yeah. Marcus Phoenix is the biggest baby. Yeah. Let's see. What was this coming out on? Is this just next gen? Not nah, PS4. No, it's just everything. It's everything. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. If you get this on PS4, I'll, I'll mess with it. We'll see what happens. That's February second. Um. The other big hitters. February 12th is the Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. This is like the um, the Wii U port of... It's kind of like those 2D Mario games. So it's, no, Super Mario 3D World. I'm sorry. That's the one where you get the cat suit and you can run around. Yeah. 3D World was the one where, like, you... Like, it was an inflexible camera, I think. It was like you couldn't move the camera, but it was, like, mostly set in an almost um, isometric view. Yeah, open and I think map. it would switch between like side scrolling stuff, or you'd be like running around an open area. Yeah, like they played with perspective more in 3D World than like what they did with the like the new Super Mario Brothers uh, series of games. Yeah, and uh, let's see, Bravery, Bravely Default Two on February twenty second. Wish I played the first one more. I just remember being like, oh yeah, this looks like Final Fantasy Six. I should play this more. Maybe those sure. Octopath. I'm thinking of... No, I mean, I, I know the original Bravely Default. It was a 3DS game. But Octopath... Also, I wish I played you're probably, it more. Yeah, you're probably thinking about Octopath. I remember that one's very... Like, yeah. Harking back to that aesthetic. And I remember Bravely Default was one of them that had, like, a really complex job system where I think it had, like, 26 different jobs you could do. Let me look it up. A lot of jobs. Sure. Uh... It looks like the the uh, the 3D redone version of like Final Fantasy Four, I think. One of those. They're just all chibi looking. Um, Monster Hunter Rise, March 26th on Nintendo Switch. This one looks like the um, it's running off the Monster Hunter World engine, and and you get to you get dogs you get to hang out with. I'm really excited for this. Very excited. I'm happy for you. Yeah, Capcom keeps making it. The Monster Hunter movie is out. I, I need to look at what this thing on, has on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it's probably not good. No, it's probably terrible. It's probably... Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess 40. I'm going to guess 40. Ah, here we go. A 47. Oh, never mind. 
Monster Hunter is a mostly mindless blur of action held together by a slenderous threads of dialogue and plot, and exactly what many viewers will be looking for. I'm I'm probably gonna go see it tomorrow. Fuck okay. it. It's made 4.2 million so far. It came out December 18th. It was being advertised as like, hey, this is coming out for Christmas. Not on a streaming service though, just in movie theaters. Yeah. Sure, Paul got to make his money. He don't care if you no. get COVID. No, nobody's. They're not making money off of that. Um, Deathloop is May 21st. This is a uh, Arcane Studios weird Groundhog Day. Two assassin player characters running around. Maybe do it by yourself too. Yeah. So yeah, it's like a mostly like a solo game, but like there is like some asynchronous multiplayer where a uh, someone can become like bait one of your targets like one of the characters who uh you the player the main player assassin is also targeting but like she will kill try to kill you back and she can be controlled by uh, another player this looks it cool it's got some fun gadgets and a grappling hook and guns yeah it looks pretty interesting it's got the the uh the animal masks big animal mask vibes um Back for Blood by Turtle Rock, January 22nd. Uh, little spiritual successor, successor for Left 4 Dead. Because, I don't know, I guess... Um, God, who who published Left 4 Dead? That would have been Valve. Yeah, yeah. Valve is just like, nah, I don't, you don't, don't, I'm not going to put money in Left 4 Dead. You can, y'all can go find someone else to fund this. We got loot boxes. We got Dota 2. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they're just like, you know, like by the, you get to like the 2010s and like that just marks a huge change in like Valve's priorities as like a company. Like Steam yeah. picks up uh, Steam in in a way that I don't think anyone really saw coming. Yeah, and I'm sure, I mean, they they make, as in like an investing thing, it's like, yeah, I put money in the store they're turning away better profit off of that but so warner brothers is putting this out and hey you know i um i'll just i'll play more left for dead let's go it's fine never had a problem with any of those games um and oh yeah was like q1 q2 hey what up mass effect legendary edition yeah this is when we like <laughs> leave specific release dates behind for the most part on this list yeah um I guess let's talk about stuff we're interested in. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Mwah. I cannot wait. That's one of my favorite game series. Of all time. Ah, oh, the extended look at the gameplay. Oh, yeah, this game looks about, so good on PS5. It's not the only thing that like looked really good on that PS5 reveal event. Mainly because it like how they were shifting between all the environments that you can just, I guess, fall into. Yeah, that like stuff looks... Is, taking really advantage solid. of the hardware yeah and even if it wasn't doing that i this is this would still be like i'm probably going to get a the two things that would make me get a ps5 is ratchet and clank and the new battlefield game that i'm hoping it's like next christmas holiday so we'll see man and this this looks like a pixar this looks like you're playing a pixar movie too ah it's beautiful um Horizon Forbidden West. Did you play um, Zero Dawn at all? I did. Yeah. Uh, it's fine, right? Like, it is It is a perfectly okay video game. 
looking back on it. Um, the only, like, yeah. the, the most interesting thing about, like, Zero Dawn is how small it is with, as an open world at the time. And that made it somewhat refreshing, but I don't know if they're going to continue uh, with Forbidden West in that same way. Yeah. Um, I think Dying Light 2 was on here somewhere. Um, I love Dying Light 1. That is one of my favorite Dying Light games. 2 is probably in the it's in the possible for 2021 yeah maybe 2022 who knows could be any point um let's see resident evil resident evil 8 resident evil village vampires and werewolves in first person picking up where seven left off are you playing as the same guy i don't remember that the trailer too well. it was advertised as continuing the story of ethan winters the protagonist hero man of resident evil 7 oh yeah yeah the man Good who stuff. wore slacks into a swamp yeah <laughs> how are you feeling about did you trailers look cool i um how do you feel about it it looks mr weird. ib re7 yeah let's it looks weird um like you know like industry chatter like from like reporters who have not like actually like done hard reporting on this but just sort of like talked about this on pack pod podcasts uh and stuff like kind of indicate that this wasn't originally intended to be a resident evil game and i'm hmm. interested in seeing why they decided to make this like a resident evil game and what like impact just slapping resident evil onto village like has for this yeah and i think there's a lot the the biggest vibes i get from it are like how similar the setting is to like resident evil 4 because it is a it's a village it's like a it looks like a um i don't know if it specifically says it takes place in europe but i love spain and resident evil 4 it is so fun to explore and it's dark and creepy and weird this this looks like it probably takes place in the mountains and like north america though i don't know we'll see I when they I would not be surprised if, like, considering how into oh, the werewolves, yeah, like werewolves and such, that this is, I would not be surprised that there's like a third act twist where it's like, oh, you've been in, like, Transylvania the whole time, and I'll be like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing right. Dracula, huh? Give yeah. me, give me my gun. I gotta go slay Dracula real quick. It's true. Hey, what if, what if you kill Dracula? What if you are actually Alucard the whole time? Dude, if like if this game ends and Ethan Winters like dethrones and kills Dracula and then becomes the Dracula, um, that would be fine. I'd be into that. Yeah. What if they bought Castlevania from um, Konami. Konami? Didn't tell anyone and then revealed it to you at the end of this game. You know. C cool. Yeah. That'd be Give the coolest decision that will never happen. Um, Gotham Knights, another one that was like 2021. I don't know, man. It's probably, it's probably, this is going to be the better Avengers game. You know, I'm guessing there's going to be loot in this and it's co-op. Yeah. I think it's up yeah. to three or four player co-op. I think it was there's three. Um, I'm or is it just two player co-op? I think it might just be two player. Like, I think you have four characters you can select from between... Batgirl, uh, Robin, Nightwing, and Red Hood. But I, and I think, like, per mission, it's only two-player co-op. Yeah, it's only two-player. Man, Robin looks cool, though. I'm not going to lie. I, I like his shitty style. Yeah. <laughs> is what I'm going to call it, his shitty style. 
Well, it looks like they're bringing on like a for this Robin. This looks more like a um, Damian Wayne like era Robin. Yeah, and it looks like he doesn't he have like basketball shoes on or something. He he's got his either. sticks. He probably has basketball shoes on. Nightwing, Red Hood, and Batgirl. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. This is what the the second studio is making. Yeah, this is what is WB it? Montreal's doing. Is this the Court of Owls one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I remember them teasing this one. This is the people who made the uh, Arkham Origins. Arkham Origins. Which I didn't play. I, I didn't I didn't beat Knight either. I I got burnt out. Like I, I've only played the first Arkham Asylum and then like half of Knight. Yeah. That's fair. Like they're very samey, right? Like it's not I'd say more than any other game I've, I've like series I've played, it's very easy to get burnt out on the Arkham series because there's just so little that's different between each game. And at that time in my life, Destiny destroyed my ability to play any other game. So that's all I was doing for a while. It's like that, I would call it the World of Warcraft hole, where you're just stuck in there being like, oh, let me get this loot. I didn't I didn't end up beating <laughs> the, uh, I beat the campaign for um, Beyond Light and did nothing else after. Because that game sucks by yourself. It's not, it's boring. Yeah. And Red Dead Online destroyed my life also, speaking of other games. <laughs> yeah, Red Dead Online just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Decided to just destroy any plans you had for this holiday season. It got me, dude. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is the other one that's coming out. Um, that's the Evil Within team. Shinji Mikami. I'm just curious what it ends up being. I know it looked, yeah, looked alright. It was first person. Yeah, it got pushed back. Bethesda's publishing, so yeah, they sold like I remember this debut. They sold like a vibe that I was really into, and then I saw the like first person, pretty hectic looking, uh, like action sequences. And I was like, mm, I don't think I'll be doing this one actually. So yeah, well, I guess we'll see what happens. I'm I'm curious what the reviews are like for it. Um, cause I I usually don't buy stuff day one anyway, but the. Something I would buy day one is fucking Psychonauts 2, Austin. I am in love with that first game. That first game does so much for me. And at the time, I was like way into platformers. And it was like, ah, oh, I don't I don't have a game. I had a GameCube, but I didn't I didn't play Super Mario Sunshine too much. Played a little bit. But like, I just love Psychonauts. Oh, it's so pretty. This, this gameplay. It's very, it's very psychedelic, man. Yeah, I mean, that's, I assume, as much. Yeah, it's a little more cel-shaded, too. Ah, man. Can't wait. Uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine. Please change the name on that one. Or rolling with the hype. I don't know. <laughs> Ubisoft Rainbow Six Siege, like, single-player stuff, I think, is what they're trying to do. Or maybe it'll be a Left 4 Dead thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I I think it's like supposed to be like a more dedicated because they've done like a zombie version of siege stuff before, and they had like a Halloween event a couple of years ago. Yeah, and is this supposed to be like a a bigger version, a bigger play on that? Yeah, and hopefully so, permanent. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Grand Turismo Seven. Hey, maybe Grand Turismo Seven will come out. I want to play another Gran Turismo. I know there's like, I didn't play five and six at all. I played four a lot. Cause it was a cool PS2 game. And it was so pretty on PS2. Holy shit. They were pushing the hardware of that console. Um, 
Anything on here? I think we're at the bottom of the list. Yeah, so we're at the in the section that we're at. We're at the possible for 2021. Yeah. Um, Anything else on here coming out to you? I think there's only one thing left on here that's like. Let's, well, there's like something. I as want. far as like everything that's a possibility, there's nothing I'm particularly interested in aside from like maybe the Breath of the Wild sequel. Um, let's see. In this list, they have Baldur's Gate three, and that'll come out. That'll, that'll finish whenever it finishes. And then we get into the unlikely for 2021 section, which immediately hits me with what I want. Oh, Elden Ring? Yeah, absolutely. Is that... Oh, yeah, that's the Dark Souls. That's the new Dark Souls game. Yeah. With George R. R. Martin doing something. <laughs> Are they just paying him to put his name on there? I don't... I, they wouldn't have to. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't think they'd they'd have to pay George R. R. Martin to do stuff in order to like generate any sort of excitement for this game. They have a yeah. core audience that is very faithful to like their rendition of this genre. Yeah. And this is looking cool. I, um, I've been thinking about demon souls a lot cause I've been watching people play it on Twitch. Yeah. Maybe I'll I play mean, some bloodborne. My friend was inviting me to play some bloodborne with him. I might join him up on that. And God, just the, Sometimes I just I just look at this trailer and I'm just like, man, I love how everything like the imagery used in this trailer is just just beautiful to me. You know, I'm saying that except for this Final Fantasy 16 trailer. Uh-huh. I'm in the same point. I'm just like, ah, dude, I've been playing so much seven that I'm just like, ah, oh, 16 is gonna be so fucking badass because it's just like it's just a like hack and sl- like the hack and slash RPGs mix that seven has is like reinvigorated my love of square enix yeah like this looks very like i've been playing a bit of 15 recently and this is like oh this is so different yeah it's pretty different it's uh it looks like the combat is a little more i would say it's a little more devil may cry ish than like because like 15 is like you're doing some combos but you're like not as cool as like the style of like the Devil May Cry combat. Oh, absolutely not. This looks like... I feel like this is doing a lot of what 7 did in that demo. Yeah, yeah. And this has a jump button, too. Like, 7 doesn't have a jump button. I'm very sad about it. But uh, it's got everything else. It's got everything else. Well, you know, no one no one in Midgar knows how to jump. They're so uh, crushed under the weight of uh, late capitalism. <laughs> Yeah, you know the um, all they're sucking all the mako out of there, so there's yeah. nobody can jump anymore. Yeah, no they need got, the mako to jump, you know. No one's got good knees anymore. No. Um. All right, that's that's 2021 stuff. Some games that are coming out. Um. Any, anything else under this like not likely list that you that you want to see come out in 2021? Nah, I, I closed it already. I think yeah. I think that kind of hit everything I wanted to. How about oh, you? Oh, Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> Oh, whatever. For PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. You know, I'd be down to play some Red Dead on a, on a PS5 when I get those good load times, but it's fine. Um, right, let's, let's go into the quick stuff, and then we'll wrap up. Um, I think this is like an older thing. This is from um, an interview from December 16th. It was Polygon, Russ... Frustic was talking to Doug Bowser. 
about like kind of they were talking about animal crossing they're talking about some joy con drift i think the thing i'm pulling from it is like the uh them talking about the switch pro is like i think it's gonna be another three years till switch pro maybe I'm, I'm gonna say three years two years maybe i think they're letting the console kind of breathe a little more and then they're gonna release the switch pro and they're gonna drop that's probably breath of the wild 2 is gonna be switch pro I, that's my guess austin what do you think i don't know i i don't like we have not seen enough from breath of the wild like a sequel uh for me to kind of think that and it looks like close enough to like the general vibe and like aesthetic of hyrule i mean hyrule warriors <laughs> age of calamity um of like uh the first breath of the wild i could see them putting out on like a normal switch i don't think they're gonna need to hold it back for their switch pro um yeah i just mean i think they're trying to get together like a release lineup for the switch pro to make people like want to pick it up you know just yeah. kind of like how they launched with breath of the wild and then like mario odyssey later with when yeah. the switch originally came out i mean of course the thing is is like if this pro is just an upgraded switch i don't think that they can really afford to like uh like make breath of the wild sequel like for this upgraded switch specifically uh because their install base for the switch is just huge already um yeah and if this is meant to be like the sequel to the switch like this needs to be just be called like the switch 2 right like this needs to be called very clearly indicate that this is a new console that is just like an iteration of this one because the last time they tried to do something like this we got the wii u yeah and i don't i don't think they're gonna break it off like the wii u i think they're gonna do like the ps4 pro style thing where it's just like these games run better maybe some 4k um because as we've seen like these these games are not made as the same tier of like most ps4 stuff but like nobody really cares about that because of how charming and how like good their games are you know well yeah they're not trying to like chase this realism right that a lot of modern AAA games are trying to get like specifically like playstation's house style where you see a lot of like fine detailing like you can see the individual hairs of like kratos's beard and god of war um they neither have like nintendo neither has a, a system capable of doing that nor are they interested in that um, no and they're doing just fine with what they're doing like yeah they're, I, think, I think they were saying they were the top selling console for the last 24 months that wouldn't surprise 24 me. straight months yeah like partially because like they have i think they're more available than like the current consoles are but but yeah like and they're just so much easier to get like to manage in a real way yeah and the switch lights like 200 dollars. that's such an easy like get in portable lifestyle kind of thing and like speaking of like the hardware stuff like animal crossing new horizons that game could run on a wii u like there's not a lot going on to make that game like suck up a bunch of ram so i don't know i'm i'm excited to see what the switch is going forward i think i think after this year because the pandemic has kind of pushed development and i know nintendo's had a harder time on it than other companies so we'll see what we got bayonetta still we got metroid Prime 4 and uh supposedly yeah 
and uh, Breath of the Wild 2 and maybe some other stuff. Oh, did you? I'm here still. Okay. You, just, you cut out for me a bit. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So that should be cool. What's this? Uh, you sent me this Raw Fury thing. I don't think I got to look at it. Yeah, yeah. So this is just a bit of like some hard news. Some hard news. Um, like the publisher Raw Fury, and they are behind like some upcoming games like Sable and Backbone. Uh, they're the publisher of those games. They comp- like release their like standard. Um, publishing deal right for when like if a company wants to pitch them for a game like this is the kind of like deal that they can expect right and that indicates uh that sort of it shows that they have let's see let's actually get to this so there's like a, a full breakdown of what all this means on this uh virtual concast uh dot com bit here there's no name associated with this write-up unfortunately but Oh, yes, there is. Michael Futter at the bottom, as opposed to the top, unfortunately. Um, and, like, this is pretty, like, this is pretty important for, like, games business as, like, as far as transparency goes, because, like, we don't know a lot about how publishing deals work within this industry. Um, and, like, what this breakdown sort of illustrates is, like, they do, like, Raw Fury does, like, some interesting things as far as, like, immediately begins uh, financing the project. Uh, they do not finance through milestones. They finance like instead through uh, like a quarterly schedule, and like they offer a fifty-fifty split, which is a bit deviant from the norm. Which is usually something closer to like a seventy-thirty that favors the publisher. Yeah, sounds really interesting. Um, let's see, what were the other two games they put out? Called again. Just want to take a look at them. Like so, the ones that I mentioned were Sable and Backbone. Oh, they're a publisher. Yeah, they're a publisher. Okay. Uh, Call of the Sea is something they publish. Yeah, Call of the Sea is something that just came out on Game Pass, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. I'm trying to see if I know any. Oh, they've published 25 games. A lot of, huh, a lot of stuff. Hey, they're helping people put stuff out. That's cool. I'm into that. All right, hey, you know, all right. Any other thoughts about some of the stuff going on? Well, in, ter- up. in terms of this agreement, I just think it's a, it's a good step in, like, helping people better understand, like, what the financial and like business part of this industry looks like yeah and i like insight that's pretty cool all right we're gonna wrap it up for uh this week uh happy new year austin we're back we're back baby happy new year yeah yeah can't Uh, wait for all the problems to go away i can't wait for all the problems to go away we'll see how the vaccine goes uh till next till uh talk about our impressions we'll talk about cyberpunk and final fantasy 7 remake in our next episode if y'all want to catch us um where can people find you on the internet uh, you can find me on twitter at this too all right and i'm at 
Travis 23 Doyle, or you can just like look up the Third Coast Gaming. Just my Twitter. Catch y'all later. Goodbye.